0: Here we go. Uh, how you been? What's the latest? What it do?
1: I've had two people this weekend tell me I look like Lenny Kravitz. How do you think I've been? (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I don't see it, but I'll go with it. Here's the thing (laughs) I'm gonna tell you that I've learned when you are
0: dark skinned you look like the closest dark skinned person they could
1: like any attribute. absolutely
0: i get so many different things and sometimes i see it sometimes i'm like all right i get that
1: like i can kind of see for you i can see the will smith i can see the lebron i can see those two but like for someone just to be like hey you look like you look like mm, Aegis Elba, and you're like
0: a, he's like two shades darker than me and, and yeah and that's of, not a, a even the head
1: same head that's not even the same brown <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: What's up, bros? Ayo, ayo, ayo. And welcome to Bro Meets World. Yo.
1: Bro Meets World.
0: Your boy Meets World fancast. Uh, I'm Siege.
1: What it do, what it do. Your boy Tony Curtis.
0: <laughs> okay, that's where we're at.
1: That's good. That's fine. <laughs> um, and yeah, the, welcome to the
0: ninth episode of Bro Meets World. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So we're getting into, you know what? We're getting into this episode. I I think, again, we feel a little bit differently about it. um, But that's why we do this podcast, so we can get different opinions.
1: It's not, again, that it's a bad episode. I feel that because this season keeps doing this thing where we have, like, a really strong episode and then, like, three mediocre episodes and then a really strong episode, it's a consistency issue is my problem with this season. I get it. I get it. You know
0: what? I feel like we've been spoiled with things like breaking bad and like so like where every episode always gets better. So I'm just like, uh I, I, this is the '90s. The fact that we got any good television yeah.
1: is actually amazing. <laughs> and I feel like if you, you know, put a microscope on any '90s sitcom of like, especially sitcoms that were doing like twenty plus episode seasons, yeah, there's there's gonna be some some clunkers. In it's there.
0: actually really funny. I met uh, at a party last night. I met this guy who's a writer for The Good Place. And and drop <laughs> yeah <laughs> I didn't drop his name but I'm just saying uh, I met a writer and he uh and I were talking about how the shorter seasons make for better The shorter seasons make for better episodes individually oh, absolutely because you're not doing all this
1: filler where it's just like a, you know we have to hit 22 yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and I, I mean, we can disagree, but for me, this episode was a filler episode. But
0: Okay, so you know what? I, I will say that towards the end, I had certain feelings. But uh, that being said, let's get into it. So this is our section called Tell Me About It. Or,
1: Tell me about it.
0: Where I read the Hulu description of the episode. Uh, and this one is Mr. Feeney fouls up Corey's dream to become a professional baseball player. <laughs> what he does what he, he fouls he, up Corey's dream i was like fouls up that's a foul, odd way foul, foul, fouls yeah fouls like uh three strikes you're out or okay uh, bas- baseball
1: turn that that would be strike but still odd way of wording that it is okay.
0: well here's the thing i was like it's a it's not a bad description it's not a great description of what happens but it definitely is they tried whoever did this was like trying to be punny with
1: it i don't know where you stand I can tell you that I was completely on Feeny's side throughout this entire episode. Oh, yeah. and I don't feel like he did what that's saying. Well, I feel like what? he just I, wanted Corey to be realistic.
0: Exactly. But that we're going to get into this. I felt that um, I'm seeing it more and more. But this season, the first season, is a lot about Corey versus his dad versus Feeny. Like it's uh, this toggle between yeah. the two, and I didn't notice it when I first watched, but you can definitely. Well, see Well, yeah, them.
1: Corey Allen and Feeney are often paired up, and then you have Eric Morgan and Amy that are often paired up.
0: Correct, it's like A storyline, B summer storyline, and it's almost yeah. always those those dynamics. Uh, sure, I wonder sure. how many how many that is. Uh, we should look into it, but like, still. yeah, for sure. All right, so anyway, let's get into the episode. Ayo. All right, so our opening scene, we get like this little sixty minutes spoof of Corey being like eyewitness Corey, uh, an expose on the plight of the middle child.
1: Uh, um, so this is interesting because this is the first we're hearing, at least I feel like the first I can remember, Corey actually blatantly complaining about being the middle child.
0: Yeah, and I was gonna say uh, you mentioned it earlier. This is supposed to be like the main plot of the series so <laughs>
1: yeah um i did find all of this to be kind of throw away like the, just kind of unmemorable as a as a opening sequence
0: it is but it also sets up um it's at, at least it sets up the b storyline in this uh that's sure. the whole purpose of it is to show us like the b storyline which is the b storyline oh the b storyline is that uh morgan and Amy are heading out of the door, and we see that they're going to uh, Morgan's friend Stephanie's birthday party, and Mor- Morgan's wearing a new dress and a gold necklace. And-
1: let's talk about this for a second. <laughs> How old is Morgan?
0: Uh, yeah, she's like, let's give her six, five or
1: six. Okay, it, did it strike you as odd at all that morgan was dressed up like she was going to church to go to a little girl's birthday party
0: it did until later on we meet this family
1: and, and they're, about, yeah, they're, yeah they're bougie they're, they're, yeah, bougie. they're, they're mad bougie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, the fact that they would throw like their kid a formal fifth birthday or something like that totally makes sense
1: I thought that Amy's decision to let her six-year-old <laughs> borrow an actual gold necklace was...
0: A lack of silly. foresight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really
1: was. Like, of course something happened to this necklace. There's no reason for a child to have it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I, I have to say, the... B storyline in this one it's kind of short but it is fun it's it's so much fun and so tv it's so tv yeah. uh, <laughs> but before we get there we got to finish out our opening scene where we find out that Corey is complaining because uh he feels that as the middle child morgan gets everything and he gets nothing and they're like well uh Corey, you're grounded for calling people in Schenectady to hear a canadian accent
1: uh, Which is fair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how else are you going to know what – I can't even say it. it's connected Yeah, I don't know what that – I would have That's to call myself. State upstate New
0: York. And on top of that, I mean, like, everyone – it sounds weird in upstate New York, but uh, I had thought about it. This is back when long distance used to cost you.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Long distance used to be a really big deal.
0: Yeah, exactly. Remember all
1: those 1-800-COLLECT commercials oh that were like God, dude. everywhere in the 90s? 1-800-COLLECT. Uh, I forgot about Because those. you would have to go to a pay phone yeah. and not pay. That was revolutionary.
0: I kid you not. The other day I saw some homeless dude on a payphone. I was like, those things still work.
1: Yeah. Who's who's, who's keeping up with that? Who's going around collecting
0: those coins? They're filled with heroin needles now. That's
1: That's, that's bad news bears. You don't want to be anywhere near that.
0: (laughs) Okay. So that's our opening scene. We uh, do our theme song. Where are you at with the
1: theme song? Uh, like, where am I at? Like, with my sanity? (laughs) Yeah. Now it's getting to the point where I'm just kind of, I'm rolling my eyes through the whole thing, and I'm just kind of waiting for it to be over. I I don't pay, like, it's on, (laughs) but I'm, like, doing dishes or doing something else. I can't just focus on it.
0: (laughs) So after the opening, um... Theme song. We get uh, we're in the class. The scene where we're in the class, and they are talking taxation without representation. Um, and we have uh, Minkus as King George and Corey as George Washington. Um, and this goes back to Feeney's whole interactive way of teaching. This is yeah, a that, very and cool way of doing the lesson.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I thought of too. I, I thought this is a very unconventional way to teach this, but who better to teach this way than? Mr. Phoenix.
0: Exactly. And you have to see that, like... Every time they do a a conventional assignment, Corey just doesn't get it. So it does make me wonder if, like, Feeney just has these things up his sleeve in case he gets a class that
1: just can't. Yeah, that is an interesting point that whereas everyone else in the class seems to be able to understand things more traditionally, it takes Feeney going the extra mile for Corey to understand it. So maybe Corey just – that's that connection is that Corey has a special way of learning – as George has a special way of teaching.
0: Exactly. And I, that's what I said. I wonder if, um, if George just has like these for any student who's like not really connecting. Sure. I mean, yeah. like, he's been doing this
1: for a while. Um, so anyway, on that. Um, <laughs> By the way, I thought that Minkus as King George was perfect. Who oh, yeah, else would a, be King George but Minkus? <laughs> it's a
0: great dynamic. Again, putting those two against each other, and then you have whole uh, Corey's whole thing of like. We don't need your goods. We're American. We're independent. We'll get our goods from Japan. And you're like, (laughs) 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 yeah, again, it shows Corey's limited knowledge of like world affairs and how things work. But also it's a very American answer. That is sure.
1: like, <laughs> yeah, well, I remember that being like a joke that I saw a few times in the 90s about how, like, people would like from older generations would be like, Oh, don't get anything from Japan, and they're like, What all the best stuff's made in Japan, yeah. Well, like, I that, did, didn't Back to the Future have a little joke like that? Well, yeah, because at
0: the time, Japan was the upcoming powerhouse, Japan was the the china of the time where it's like everything they're going to take over and we're not
1: i just remember all the stuff being made there like i guess they just had like mad factories going on in the 90s at least they
0: had like like a big economic boom in the early
1: 90s um and then yeah please Please school me on Japan's <laughs> 90s economic situation because I am at a loss. All right, so we'll put that in the footnotes
0: because right now you are not going to have me looking for All right, guys, this
1: is I just want to let you know this has all been the big lead up to our new podcast, which we talk about the J- Japan economics. Um, all right. I like it. Um, all right. Japanomics.
0: So- <laughs> <laughs> I was thing was like, I wasn't going to do it i refused (laughs) it was a very easy one and i chose not to do it oh man okay um but uh with this feeney says that if we do not learn from our history we are doomed to repeat
1: its mistakes um again these are very relevant lessons (laughs) These, these are also super cliched lessons like we got to learn from our history or else we're going to repeat it is the most cliched history lesson that I've seen in television.
0: And yet it's the most one. I'm sorry. It's the most relevant one to this time and <laughs> era that you ain't wrong, though. People don't seem to get so you ain't wrong, though. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's one thing. I was like, it was like, a you're right." It may be a cliche, but for some reason, it's just not connecting with us. Maybe like as a country, we should all do um sure. Uh, it takes some repeating. <laughs> okay, so. Um, Corey says that he's over history and he would like to think about his future. Um, And then that's when Feeney proposes a new
1: assignment. It struck me as odd that Feeney seems to have adjusted his entire lesson plan on the spot to specifically cater to one child. I feel like yeah, Corey might have a special (laughs) way that he needs to learn, but why is the rest of the class getting more homework because Corey (laughs) has questions?
0: (laughs) So again, I feel that one of two things are happening. Either George is a genius and understood that this is how this was going to go, and so he just planned for it. Or you're right. We have like a Mr. Belding type situation um, with uh, Corey and Mr. Feeney just like, Mr. Belding was like obsessed with Zach Morris.
1: Yeah, like everything. Everything in the seems was to be catered around, around Corey's <laughs> understanding of things. Exactly. <laughs> for everyone else in the class. Exactly. Uh, but again, I, uh, they they hit on that a little bit later, and
0: I think it's just a trope that we're gonna have to deal with. But we should have like a lesson plan change jar or something like this. Like I don't know. I do want to sure, acknowledge yeah. it. Keep
1: track of every time that Feeny goes <laughs> off book just for Corey. Just for <laughs> Corey. Uh,
0: just for Corey or Corey Sean and Topanga?
1: No, I don't even feel Sean or Topanga get attention yet. They haven't <laughs> earned it. <yet. laughs>
0: uh, Feeny proposes a new assignment, and Corey's like, "I swear I didn't see that coming." And it, here's the thing: I have to admit that is one of the things where it's like a, he thinks he's getting out of an assignment. Of course, Feeny has an assignment prepared, which is why I think that George is just like a forward thinker.
1: Um, or he's just good on his feet he's spontaneous he's again he's been doing this a long time he knows the ropes he's like let's change things up guys let's have fun with this
0: that's a very good point um but the new assignment is they have to create histories for themselves um for their 20th year high school reunion um and then that's when minkus is like are you saying this is a pre-union and i was like they said it <laughs> yep Anytime a TV show actually does that where, like, they say the name, I get so hyped. <laughs> wow. Um, but they are going to be the graduating class of 2000. And this is when I was like, oh, my God, we are so old. Because
1: No, we are not old. The cast of the show <laughs> is so old. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's a very good point. But, like, this is 2020 is, like, right around the corner.
1: Yeah. And that
0: would be their twentieth year reunion.
1: That's the yeah. That is pretty wild. Um, something I just did, did want to point out. I know I'm probably gonna have to put a coin in the spoiler jar. Um, they do not end up graduating in the year 2000. They end up graduating in the year 1998 because they skipped two grades of high school. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I do. I wonder how they even like made that work. You know what? They were just like, "It's time for us to graduate." It,
1: let's not they just don't. It. They just like they start season. I think it's season five with them just being like, "Hey, welcome to senior year," and you're like, <laughs>
0: "What?" <laughs> Again, nothing interesting happened in junior or sophomore year. Don't worry about it. No, (laughs) no. But they they have to figure out what... um, Sorry, they have to tell Feeney what their profession is and if they have any children and if those children are tormenting their sixth grade teacher. Uh, And again, I just think this is funny because we know... Because we are in the future and we are close to 2020, uh, exactly how many kids everyone has and what's going on. Because oh, of,
1: yeah, that's because true. Of, uh, Girl meets world. Yeah.
0: Girl meets world.
1: So, this is actually pretty,
0: pretty interesting uh, just to see, especially since um, the next question or the next line is, Can I bring my wife? And <laughs> Sean's like, That's coming from Minkus. And uh, Sean's like, Who would marry you? And he turns and is like, Topanga. And you're right. This is where we get to see... This Minkus is the first Minkus. time
1: we see Minkus expressing interest in Topanga. And it's funny because it seems from this point on, obviously Minkus is only in the season, um, he kind of... They have a Urkel-Laura...
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Screech and Lisa type of relationship. Definitely. Um, I don't really know how, like, like... <laughs> Like, but like, what's the point of it really, other than just to have it there for comic relief? But um, they are good together.
0: Yeah, no, I actually think it. I mean, it's comic relief, and then also I think it, um, uh, it does kind of tie Topanga in constantly. Um, if that makes any sense, like they kind of are tethered to each other a little bit. Um, and that and that's good because that means we get to keep Topanga around.
1: I actually, well, yeah, but I actually don't think it adds anything to Topanga's character. I think it fleshes out Minkus' character a little bit more, if anything.
0: Yeah, but Minkus has been around longer, so I think the idea of them fleshing out Minkus by using Topanga uh,
1: is not Yeah, surprising. I guess that's true. Kind of bring get, getting some spotlight with her. Yeah, I mean, she's a joy to have on the cast. As soon as I saw her in the episode, I was thrilled.
0: <laughs> so, this is what Topanga's response is, that she doesn't... She's not sure if she believes in marriage.
1: Uh, she doesn't know if she believes in the institution of marriage. Yeah, them, girl. And Tell that's them. when... Uh, <laughs>
0: minkus is like i've seen your future babe and it's me uh it's just that that little thing where i like it because minkus is both nerdy but also overly confident
1: yeah I, I and i guess that's what i mean by like fleshes out minkus's character a little bit that we get to see this side of minkus that isn't the you know overly prepared for class or getting picked on by the other kids you have him kind of like showing a a dominance of sorts which yes is, <laughs> somehow works with his character it
0: does and you know it's it's funny um the more we talk about minkus the more i realize that he has this way of being a total nerd that owns his nerdum and also kind of a bully like not really but like he gives as good as he gets <laughs> i feel like minkus is kind of cool yeah that's what i mean like he would definitely be cool now i mean in the whole
1: um have you seen oh yeah in the in the post-woke world he yeah. he rules like supreme if he's in high school now the minkus is, is of school now are living the dream
0: exactly that's what uh, all of 21 jump street is about like the reboot is how all the nerd kids are actually like the cool ones
1: I mean, it's true. I mean, like even if you watch like old eighties movies, like I'm like, "Yo, Ducky is so hip." Like, yeah, why exactly. Don't you choose him.
0: <laughs> so, anyway, um, we get a new scene, and we're in the cafeteria, and uh, original thirteen kid is back. Yawn.
1: Pass. Pass. <laughs> Yawn. <laughs> But he
0: is at the table. We have to acknowledge that he's here. Um and they're all the kids are talking about what they're gonna go as with this assignment. Sean says he's gonna go as a plumber because that's what his dad does. And so a tire
1: salesman. Oh tire salesman.
0: So sorry, tire salesman. But it's really interesting because this is when we start to see little hints of who Sean's backstory. Like we know his we know he yeah. has family, but we're not really aware of like their social demographic or anything like this.
1: Sure. We're tiptoeing into it and then the next episode we really dive into it. Exactly. But um yeah it's interesting that he dreams of being with his dad is. Exactly. Well because at this
0: age I think it's kind of they're showing I mean uh Cory kind of does it all the time they're at the age where they still idolize their dad. Um, you know?
1: Yeah. And I I guess it would have just been interesting to see Sean have something that was more distinct to his personality, I guess, to kind of give him some depth as well. Well, it's
0: funny because on that, Corey's like, that's such a boring answer. Why would you want to be something boring? And Sean's like, I'm just lazy. So, I mean, in a way, it is very tough. I mean, of yeah, his character. you're right. He owns <laughs> up to it. He's like, this was the easiest thing to do. I know how to do it. I know how, like, I know the background that I need to have to flesh this out. Zero research needs to be done, of and course. I can, I can like coast by. And I think that's unless
1: quite- you're a tire salesman that gets laid off. <laughs> you know what? Coin jar, <laughs> <A> coin jar. <laughs> how does the tire salesman get laid off? We'll get there.
0: <laughs> All right. So anyway, third um, seat kid, who we find out has a name. His name is Larry larry's cool name bro <laughs> larry is going as phoenix because he says imitation is the sincerest form of butt kissing and i have to admit it's um it's a larry idea, but like it's a larry's
1: kind of like um I, I just want to paint this picture for our listeners i don't know if you guys have seen the cartoon hey arnold but if sid oh, from hey arnold he was is a person a sid. it would be larry yes i agree <laughs> just a little skeevy similar in appearance and overall aura um yeah 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 that's actually really funny he's like Sid I like it um you know what if
0: and I would say if uh we cared more about him I would just call him Sid going forward but original 13 kid still works for me
1: yeah, I don't. I don't even know how much of them we're going to see going forward. So <laughs> all
0: right, but after all of this, Corey is going as a center fielder for the Phillies because um, that's what he wants to do. Because as we know, of course he does. Baseball of is he does. everything. Um, <laughs>
1: i love it too that he is he says it and immediately sean's like uh you're not even that good of a player bro
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly and then we do like this weird thing of like are we going to be men or are we going to be men with boring jobs and they do like this
1: like i don't know it's like yeah this kind of weird tim allen grunt Tim allen grunt is the perfect way of putting that and Um, they do it in unison like it's something they've done before like it was like a thing they were trying to start (laughs) Doing maybe, but oh, it didn't flush out.
0: Are they watching Home Improvement? Like, what is this like?
1: A <laughs> well, Home Improvement did film like next door and that they did have their school sessions with the kids from Home Improvement. Oh, wow.
0: Look at that little fun fact. That little trivia. I know.
1: will actually a... see Sean on an early episode of Home Improvement before. Maybe, uh,
0: maybe that's a, um, a little shout out. I don't know. That was I, know. I actually like that little factoid. But yeah, that was weird to me. Mm hmm. Anyway, next scene. Uh, Amy and Corey are working on Corey's project, and Corey is really excited. And he says that Feeny's going to be blown away by the future he's planning.
1: Um, I I guess I had a few questions about this project because it seems that Feeny kind of he assigned this really off the cuff. Like, hey, yeah, this is just just you guys are going to come up with your own histories. We saw Feeny assign this yeah assignment. Um, however, it seems like. When it comes time for them to actually bring it to class, Feeney expected a lot of documentation, a lot of details. Corey's here with his mom, like, planning Wheaties boxes and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that seems like what a kid would do.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm not going to lie. There was there was no handout. There was no, like, uh, backstory. The yeah. implication of what he wanted for your future um, is so kind vague. of vague, but maybe that's like the point of the lesson because when we get to that portion of it, he does just like immediately challenge everyone to think deeper, with the exception of the person who all of course already thought deeper. No, he basically no woke. You know what? We're not there yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, we're, we're working on the school project in the living room and then Morgan enters and she's wearing a new plastic necklace instead of the one we saw in the intro whoa
1: uh, are you telling me that a child was irresponsible with a gold <laughs> necklace <laughs>
0: it turns out that uh, Morgan traded the gold necklace for a plastic necklace and uh, she made the trade with Stephanie at her birthday party and she said black black no trades
1: bla- back black black no trades back yeah. All right. What's so I'm looking. the like, origin of yeah, that?
0: Yeah, thing I heard that and I was like, a. Shh is this something that, like, if I looked up the origins, I would be not surprised but at the exact same time offended?
1: <laughs> I've never heard the phrase, black, black, no trades back. I thought it was something they made specifically for this episode. You asking about origins has me thinking...
0: I mean, does it not? Here's the thing. When you know our history of phrases...
1: <laughs> black, I'm just like black, a... no trades back.
0: So in the new scene, we open uh, up in the classroom and everyone's given their assignments we open up with amicus and he claims that he bought out microsoft and he went public and he uh and became the largest software manufacturer in the
1: free world yeah um again (laughs) because feeny gave no specifics to what this assignment was supposed to be and we just saw Corey like doing arts and crafts with his mom which is what you would expect from a grade school assignment yep when Minkus starts talking about becoming a public company and, like, handing over, like, documentations of creditors, it's just, to me, it just seems like, yo, Minkus doesn't belong in this class. Like, this he's <laughs> on a whole nother level. Like, he needs to be in the boys' dementia. He needs to be there. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, you know what's actually weird about this? I was thinking... um, maybe it's like his upbringing or like, we don't know a lot about Minkus's family, but there is, uh, I would assume that he's just getting a lot of, um, help from his family are like his parents are like professionals that's my assumption maybe yeah
1: I I would love to know more about why he is the way he is because he is a very interesting character there is another universe in which there is a show in which Mingus is the lead character and it's just all about him
0: and I think it's called Young Sheldon now (laughs)
1: 100%
0: 100% (laughs) anyway um, but Feeney says that taking over a company is no easy feat and does he have any proof of assets or a bake guarantee and then that's when Mink is somehow
1: does a
0: list of creditors, <laughs> loan guarantees, and his approval from the Federal Trade Commission.
1: And Yo, I wouldn't even know <laughs> to think of that now. <laughs> exactly. But that's what I'm saying. It's just like a. Yeah, he must have help.
0: Yeah, he has to just be the son of uh, really intelligent people. And again, yeah. I'm not, you know, I don't think that that means anything about his intelligence. I just don't think
1: that it's all coming sure. from him. Okay, yeah, let's let's go with that. That's better. All
0: right, but he also says that him and Topanga just had their third child, Rainbow Einstein Minkus, <laughs>
1: which is again, which,
0: it's just fun for us. But
1: sure, yeah, I mean that's that's what you would expect Topanga to name her kid, I guess.
0: Exactly, but I also I mean, in uh, a little bit later on, we find out that Topanga didn't really include him, so I don't think that he even consulted her with the name. I feel that he just thought of like what Topanga would. Of course, he was trying to be sweet. Um, We see Corey and Sean, and Corey is dressed as a baseball player, and Sean is dressed as a tire tire salesman and muffler specialist. (laughs) Ooh, specialist. I like that he added the muffler specialist. It's one of those things where it's like, "Uh, uh-uh, excuse you. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Dream big, Sean.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, He even has a gut because he said his dad is fat, his uncle is fat, his grandpa is fat, and he assumes he will be fat. Uh, which again, is just funny because like in this world, it would make sense, but knowing right or strong in real life is like the smallest, skinniest person
1: ever. Well, I also don't believe his parents would be able to provide him with enough food to get fat.
0: You know what? We're going to keep every single time. You can't
1: help yourself.
0: Just hold it. We've already established that. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. Um, we meet. We, we check in on Topanga, and she's president of the United States. Uh, which at this point right. would make her the that, first female is, president. I did have
1: thoughts on this. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> not that I had any beef with Topanga thinking she's president of the United States. Like, you know what? I'm for that. Disbanded the military and got rid of nuclear weapons. You do you, boo boo. <laughs> The only issue I had with this whole situation is that Feeney seems to be as okay with this presentation <laughs> as he is with Minkus's, which Minkus had like documentation of creditors and Topanga's like, yeah, we keep all the men underground and only use them to breed. And Feeney's not like, oh, hey, maybe I'm going to give you an incomplete until you work this out you're right i mean like you're not thinking how through. did she
0: how did she uh get to election who were her campaign advisors um you
1: know she says everyone in the country wears togas how did we get from a to z to topanga fill me in you know David what style
0: i will give you this one that is a very good
1: question i, I mean to be fair do we get her grade we do know, but we just see Feeney just kind of nodding along and then moving on to the next <laughs> student. That's a very good on. point. Yeah, I don't know who he moves on to next. Larry, probably. Yeah, he moves <laughs> on to Larry. You said that with such. Uh, but yeah, um, she she's
0: saying that the position of being president is like a, a, a not a coveted spot and... Um, she disbanded the military and nuclear weapons and all this other stuff. So I think um, you're right. There should be some follow up to that. But anyway, we move directly on to Larry, 30C kid, and uh, he said that he's come as a teacher. And again, he's dressed like Feeny is, which is again television cutesy. But it's like, a, how does this kid know what Feeny was going to wear?
1: Yeah, unless Feeny's just a creature of habit, but yeah, I mean, mean, which he could be. I'll give him
0: that. He could possibly
1: or be. Larry slash third seat kid is just a creep kid that was <laughs> looking at all what Feeny was wearing. You know,
0: honestly, I would see that too. I could see him like biking over to Feeny's early and seeing Feeny get dressed, so he uh. wouldn't know what to wear. I like, I just, I could see
1: it. Uh, uh. He had duplicates of all of Feeny's suits <laughs> and was like, "All right, this is the one. Got it. I got it. I got it." I ironed it's pressed
0: <laughs> but Feeney points out he's like look every year someone tries to avoid the assignment by coming as as me and I like it he goes but this is where he does grill um oh, a seat kid on he's like a, do you know what tenure is uh yeah the, the, and, the and like, I get I that he's like do you know how to define curriculum he's like i can look it up
1: <laughs> yeah 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 um it seems like all of these kids should have got incomplete. like if minkus is the standard like if that's what he was looking for then none of these kids did the assignment right
0: you know what and that is a very i mean even when we in the episode we don't even get Corey's grade in the
1: end there's no closure to this at yeah, all yeah yeah
0: so i do wonder if maybe he did like Give them a chance to complete it by the end of the week. Because as you said, there was no thought put into anyone's assignment other
1: than uh, Minkus's. As far as I know, this assignment was assigned the (laughs) day before. (laughs) Minkus got all that documentation done overnight.
0: You know what? Actually, you're right. Because we know this by the necklace. The necklace is yeah. our timeline. So yeah, yeah, very, what, very what much. Is, so.
1: What are these standards that this sixth grade teacher has that <laughs> he is grilling these kids based on, like Wheaties boxes? It's it's the kids.
0: You know what? That's very, very good point. So, I mean, let's just go with that. Let's say that. I told you, you man, this episode's
1: a filler, bruh. This episode's a filler. <laughs> it wasn't well thought out.
0: <laughs> Fine. Um, but anyway, we get to see Corey, and this is when it happens with Corey. Corey shows up with his little box of choreos, and he says that he's a center, filler, center fielder for the Phillies. Um, and he notes that he has some thought into this. He's been playing since the 11th grade he didn't graduate high school but he
1: makes six million a year is that a thing where um i've heard of athletes being able to skip college and go straight into the pros do athletes get to (laughs) skip high school i don't think so at all yeah what's that that?
0: i was like no i don't i think that's a, a wish but maybe they could in the 90s i don't know Tell us, if you know, just let us know if it was ever possible to just not go to high school and go straight into the pros. (laughs) Maybe, like, when baseball was invented.
1: Yeah, like, we have this 17-year-old on our roster. What? (laughs) Well, actually,
0: at that point in time, if he's skipping high school, it's like a, what, 14-year-old?
1: Yeah, this is a rookie of the year situation we got on our hands. (laughs) Actually, yeah, how did that movie deal with it? Did he go to school at all? That movie is riddled with flaws. I, we could not look to that to be our <laughs> structural. <laughs> but I'm just saying, looked. maybe Corey
0: got his inspiration from this. If, I mean, if that's your source material,
1: who's I to mean, blame? Yeah, I... There's a lot of questions, guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. But Corey says that he has investments and he buildings and he's diversified. Um, and Feeney just keeps picking at his story. Which, again, to be fair, we don't know that Feeney didn't do this to everyone because he kinda, He kind of does it to um, Larry. Larry. And he did ask Minkus if he had these things. So it seems like Feeney really is doing this to every student, Minkus was just the only one prepared.
1: Well, I mean, Topanga did come in the toga and said that she was going to make the men live underground, and that had no rebuttal. So. No, but we don't It's, know it's awesome.
0: We didn't end. I'm just going to say, I'm giving Feeney the benefit of the, uh, doubt. Benefit of benefit the, doubt, of the doubt and the saying doubt. that almost everyone got an incomplete, which is why it's like we never really
1: get this closure, because everyone... Oh, I, I'm I'm okay with assuming that most people got an incomplete because I think that's the whole thing is that people weren't are people the kids weren't interested in history and he's trying to tell them that like history is nothing but just analyzing the steps that led from one thing to the next. You guys need to think about how you're going to end up from where you are to where you're going and apply that to history somehow. It's kind of convoluted. Oh, look honestly. at you being all deep and getting deeper meaning. Of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just trying to figure out what the hell is the reason for this assignment based off of the initial, hey, let me get these kids interested in history somehow. That's the only thing I could think of. But again, it's, it's a far stretch. I think that's a good. I think that's a good connection, though. I think you, you did really well for that. Um,
0: and I want to point out that Corey kind of is the only one we see take it really really personal like Corey's like you're dragging me down I thought this through I had a weedy I have like a baseball card
1: and, yeah um, with, with this Corey he's like um, you gave an incomplete to my future yeah or something like that and Feeney kind of like whatever kids <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: well, he goes, he he gives him an incomplete because he's like you have no, eclair, no clue how your affairs are managed no education um, and he gives him an incomplete and Corey's like that's an I that's lower than an F and what Corey says, which I like, is he goes, this isn't a quiz. You took away my future. And that kind of shows that Corey doesn't really see schoolwork as anything important because um, he doesn't understand how this applies. All of these as you said, Feeny's trying to teach him a lesson here that everything um, leads up to another, as you pointed out. And Corey immediately is like a, giving me an incomplete on this quiz this particular assignment is giving me an incomplete in
1: life yeah but i think by feeney giving him the incomplete Feeney's like hey if one thing leads to another and you're not even planning on graduating high school then you're not going to lead to the thing that you want he's trying to get him to think a little bit more thoroughly about you yeah,
0: know i i agree with that I'm just you like, know what's
1: funny is that Corey's not going to learn this lesson from feeney is there a way that we can get a highly successful baseball player to try to get this in the court is there any way we could just have one stop by the house so no cash
0: this is where i will tell you i will say this is another tgif episode because of that scene where we get a little bit later um to kind of wrap up the b um plot first well actually uh in our next scene um yeah, we see Corey exactly. moping um and in his bedroom and removing all of his baseball stuff because he doesn't have a future. Which again,
1: Corey is being over dramatic. Like Can I can I want, I just want to make one observation about Corey. Yeah. Um this episode, he looked a little older, did he not?
0: i didn't notice these are kids to me they look (laughs) kids but
1: i guess i from even from the pilot to now he just i i I noticed that in this bedroom scene that he just seemed a little bit more mature in his like appearance i don't know keep an eye out for it
0: yeah no actually now that you said something i will look look into it but uh he's still behaving quickly he's still behaving like Corey, though yeah he is for sure that's the name But I do like, in a way, Corey kind of has learned a little bit from this assignment because when Eric comes to like console him um, and Eric's like, oh, I'm looking at this car that I want to get in three years, Corey starts to ask probing questions. He's like, so Corey starts to ask probing questions. He's like, "Um, how about insurance? And then. Eric's like, well, dad will help. And he's like, well, oh, right, what if dad can't help? He goes, then I'll get another job. Again,
1: like, I don't think that Feeney did anything wrong. I think he was a good teacher by telling Corey and showing him that, like, hey, you need to... That, there was no, like... I know in some episodes there's this thing where, like, Corey learns a little and Feeney learns a little. and this one, it's just like, no, Feeney's an adult and he was teaching this kid some realistic... Well, no,
0: that's what I was going to say, is that... Corey is, like, mad and depressed, and they're kind of showing him taking this a little too far. But also, if you look at it, he technically learned the lesson. He is questioning how Eric's going to be able to do all this. Yeah,
1: he's he is overreacting because Feeney hard pedals the reel a little bit. Yeah. But sometimes you got to swallow that pill. Like, it's a tough one to swallow, also, but the sooner you do it... Yeah, also, I was just going to say that... Um,
0: Corey basically just learned what it's like to be an adult and he's pissed and guess what, so are all adults.
1: (laughs) So are all of us bro, no one is God, man.
0: Exactly, (laughs) the moment you like get a you like, oh I want a new car, you do have to be like, well what about insurance and and then uh, where am I going to park it if you live in LA or New York and it's just like all these things that come with it, you can't just get a new car and that's reality and they kind of show it as like being a downer but no do you
1: remember being in high school and just daydreaming about like oh man when i get my car when i get my car i'm gonna take such good care of it exactly it's be so nice no <laughs> and there's now. trash in my car right now <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: dude don't get me started i mean but like gas and all this other stuff yeah oh god tickets. I have a ticket today I'm supposed to pray. But anyway.
1: <laughs> Look at <back>. that.
0: <laughs> Alright, so um, again, this is when Corey's like, it wasn't just an assignment, it was my future and I have an incomplete future and Alan has come in and he's joined the boys and Alan's like everyone's future is incomplete. That's why it's the future. Um, you know, if it, if it, if it complete, were
1: complete, it would it, be the past.
0: It was the past, exactly. And that's That is kind of like a You can kind of see the threads that they were trying to make with these storylines, which is that, you know,
1: the few... I I, I think that the lesson that they're trying to teach, which is that everything leads to something else, isn't one that is kind of, like, outward throughout the story. Like, I don't feel... Like, I feel like it took me, like, really searching hard to get that lesson out, when it should have been something that was a little bit easier, (sighs) because... I, I don't know that you would necessarily even pick that up as the lesson if you were just watching this for the first time. I don't know.
0: So I have some theories, but we'll cover that when we get to um, our our lesson portion of it. Um, but anyway, so, Feeny Tommy. That's <laughs> what I was thinking of yeah. when we get to Feeny Tommy. Anyway, um, Corey, uh, give me one second to find our place.
1: Well, Alan's, Alan says, you know, uh, I actually didn't want to do, what I wanted to, you know. He, Corey's like, did you always talk about being a grocery store manager? And Alan's like, actually, I wanted to build bridges, which is the first time we're ever hearing about him wanting to be an engineer. And he's like, you know, life changes, and I wanted to have a father. And you know, your dreams will change, and now my dream is to be the dad of a Philadelphia Center fielder. Yeah,
0: but again, which I like cute. It is. It's very cute, and then also. Again, I think we do this a lot in the first season where we we flesh out Alan kind of in these little heart-to-hearts. Um, and you're right. This is the first time we hear about him wanting to be an engineer. But it does make sense that Alan would have wanted, you know, think about it. Very few people's job, our dream job, is to become a grocery store manager. So it makes sense that he would have wanted to do
1: something different. And sure. I like that
0: he shares that with Corey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I do just want to say that I feel that uh, this relationship between Corey and Alan seems so much stronger than the relationship Alan has with Morgan or Eric, so much stronger than Amy and Corey – I do wonder if they're depending on that whole father knows best thing a little too much sometimes because the rest of the family seems excluded.
0: Well, I mean, this is the time where we have Home Improvement and The Cosby Show and Full House where there are three father figures. And again, we just get a lot of these sit-down talks um, yeah. in this era. And it is kind of father knows bestie. So I'm not... You're I mean, I just think you are right to acknowledge that, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, sure. Okay. And again, I think like just looking at the episodes we've seen so far, it's kind of almost always a Corey, Mr. Feeney, and Alan triad, as we said. Uh,
1: yeah. It's 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 almost like um that's like the major triad and then there's also this kind of mini triad of like a bunch of mini triads of like Corey, sean and minkus and Corey, sean and topanga and eric morgan amy yeah
0: so yeah i think i think that's where we're at um speaking of the second triad um to wrap up our b-list uh plot line we enter a new scene and Jane the the mom of Stephanie comes over and immediately we get like this sense of air and she's very pretentious and I have words to say
1: about her well we should say this that Amy calls Jane I guess the, the, yeah. the mother of Stephanie it was like hey our girls did this really dumb thing I want my necklace back and the Jane <laughs> the, the adult woman told this <laughs> other adult woman Black, black, Black. no No trace back. back. (laughs) And so. I, I at the same time, we're supposed to believe that Jane is this highly sophisticated woman who threw this party for her six-year-old that people had to dress in their Sunday's finest, too. <laughs> yeah, at the same time, she's super shady about a necklace that she could probably afford many of. I, I don't
0: know. Here's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, this woman comes in, and immediately, when Amy's like, would you like some coffee? She's just like, just so you know, you're not getting the necklace back. It's not the value of it. It's Stephanie's attachment to it. And again, I'm like, this one's a like, you know,
1: just slap sort of, a bitch yeah no, exactly. you slap someone that comes to your house saying some stuff like that
0: exactly how are you gonna come to my house and tell me you're not gonna give me my own property
1: no i'm gonna go in the kitchen i'm gonna take that necklace right off her damn neck <laughs> do something about it
0: but turns out that morgan and amy have a better plan Um, and we cut to the girls who are in the kitchen. And I have to admit, I was like, Morgan is killing this scene.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, Morgan, well, she does have moments where her... Michelle Tanner's spunk really shines. And I felt like this moment we saw her really being precocious. And yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: She's just fun in it. She has like, so Morgan is like trying to convince um, Stephanie to trade with her, but she's giving her all these things. She has brownies and a diamond tiara and a Which My Pony. But yeah, I just love the whole, she's, what is it? She does the, um, when Morgan's presenting them to Stephanie, and she's like, ooh, brownie. She's like, ah, uh, uh, uh. You know, she's just like, <laughs> it's very, she just has really good um, skills in the scene. And I, and I, sure. Liked, yeah, totally. I liked her acting chops in this one, for a kid, especially. Um, but again so let's go back to Jane for a little bit. I they you see the two moms talking and she kind of puts in the fact that uh, she doesn't have to work cuz she kind of like oh do you work Amy and she's like uh,
1: so damn rude. Exactly. This whole interaction was so this woman's so rude, her daughter's rude, kick him out of your damn house. Exactly please. and she
0: even drops that like her husband's an attorney. And I'm like what like what is your point in all of this? What like what was this woman trying
1: to do? I also don't understand the idea of a woman like bragging that her husband makes a lot of money, like, you ain't doing nothing. Exactly! What are you bragging
0: about? Maybe we're too 2017 to, like, get why this was supposed to be a good thing. Like,
1: I just, uh... And I'm sure that's something real old school that, like, women have had to deal with of just, like, their, you know, girlfriend's oh, my my husband took me on vacation and blah, blah, blah. And that whole thing of being envious about their husband's money situation. But now it's just like, girl, if you want to go on vacation, get yourself a job and go. (laughs) Exactly.
0: It's just like, again, I was like, what is this woman's end goal? Like, why would you come over... To someone's
1: house and just basically why did they her come over at all? That's yeah, a that's a great question to ask.
0: <laughs> but as a little tie-in, we come back in and Stephanie is basically like out. of... She's in her little PJs and she's given handed everything over, including the necklace, um, and she traded it all um, for a brownie and a plastic pony. And it's really funny because that's when, you know, we get this little tie back of um, Stephanie saying that she gave also gave the car up to Morgan uh, in this. Which is ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) They're like. Oh, uh, she's like, you traded your necklace for for a tiara and for a pony and brownies? And she's like, well, I had to do something extra for the brownies. And Morgan's like, I'll need the keys to your car, please. And Amy's (laughs) like, it's really not the value of the car. It's Morgan's attachment to it, which is like burn. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, it's like... How did that interaction actually end?
0: Yeah, how did that end? There's no way you're going to do it. But I think I think. in point being is it was just to say that this family is not one that just sits by when something like that. No, this was a gotcha bitch moment. Exactly. <laughs> <And> <laughs> gotcha I, and bitch. And I applaud them. They did, they did very well. Both Amy and Morgan doing this little tag team. I liked it.
1: Okay, this isn't the first time Morgan's going to do this in her life. Exactly. (laughs)
0: Um, In the next scene, this is kind of funny. Eric's, like, sitting on the couch, and there's this little bit of dialogue of him being, like, uh, she was doing the kissing, I was an innocent bystander, and, like, defending himself. And then Kurt comes in and snatches the phone and hangs up, and he's like, I didn't even know who that was. And I'm like, what is that even situation? Like, how does that
1: happen? Yeah. I don't. At this point, we don't know who Eric's kissing, who he's talking to. Do we even care? Does it matter?
0: Nah. <laughs> let's just move forward because yeah. Corey somehow uh, understands. He calls Sean. He's just like, a "Call everyone we know and tell them that Jim Abbott's in my kitchen." Uh, and again, this is where we get that sitcom walk-on speech. Well, 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 yeah.
1: You're telling me that a professional athlete has <laughs> never come into your living room to teach me a lesson. To teach you a lesson based on a day and a half of your parent asking them nicely. Nope. This isn't something that you had. I, I just feel like this was a normal part of my childhood. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: again, I, no, I did not notice this. According to Wikipedia, Jim Abbott doesn't have a right hand. Um, so it is kind of cool.
1: At least oh, yeah. That's yet. that's the one thing I did know about Jim Abbott is that he only had one hand. That's why he's a big deal. That's why when yeah. they were like, oh, like, Corey, like, you know, lots of people told me that I wouldn't make it during my dreams. I'm- he was referring to this disability. But at the same time, it's like... Gosh, man, get like Helen Keller or Stevie Wonder. <laughs> like, why don't you just get the most ridiculously inspiring person you could possibly find? Yeah, a living room appearance. No, it's not going to happen. Companies pay this guy money to make speeches. He's not doing these stops.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is you know what I like. What you're basically doing is asking the writers to explain their their work. Like you like they don't explain, them explain them. it.
1: <laughs> they say that Alan sent many telegrams, 63. and that's what. 63 telegrams in a matter of a day and a half um, we
0: were still sending telegrams in 94 uh,
1: I don't even know how to sell I don't even know how to go about sending a telegram <laughs> why would you do that why don't you just call them
0: I have to admit I'm the same way I have no idea how to
1: a telegram, to telegram if I if I know this is hey I'm going to send a letter to someone who I'm going to pay to go to your house and read the letter to you exactly what Yeah, that's the job <laughs> I don't think it is anymore, but again... Don't blame millennials on that. That's was dying, it, that's, that thing was amazing. Was that still, wasn't going to last.
0: Was it still a
1: thing back then? I mean, this is 1993 we're seeing telegrams.
0: I mean, again, I want anyone who knows the let us... Like, just shout us out, because nine, I have to admit, in the 90s, I did hear a lot about singing telegrams. But I just don't know where you get them.
1: I also think that that's more of a television thing than an actual thing. Okay. I've never actually seen that in my actual life. <laughs> I've only seen it on television. And they make it seem like you could just hire a barbershop quartet, put your name in any song like it's no big deal. I feel like it's probably a little bit more complicated.
0: You're right. You know, what? I got to admit, I haven't even seen a, like a barbershop quartet on Instagram. And I feel like that would be the place. Like if anyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, off of this, turns out, as again, Jim Abbott is Inside of their living room, and uh, he's there because Alan reached out. And because why? He said that he heard that Corey wants to be in the big leagues, um, and this is actually it's a it's a little fun bit. Uh, he says that he had he once had a coach who told him that he would never make it into the big leagues, and that only made him work twice as hard. And I gotta admit, I'm wondering who are these people who are telling kids that they can't
1: do things like (laughs) yeah apparently back in the day teachers could just be as shitty and as real (laughs) as they wanted to be and just be like hey kid this you're not going to succeed at all just being straight up with you i've mean, i never had a teacher just blatantly tell me like hey you're not going to get your dreams give up
0: exactly again maybe we're very fortunate but i've never had a teacher just
1: be like yeah that's not happening for you (laughs) <laughs> i mean yeah like, like uh, it. Just being so presumptuous as to say like no your future is pretty basic exactly
0: <laughs> but they do ask that uh Corey, because Corey is Corey. asked jim out he's like uh when you were successful did you rub your teacher's face in it and uh he kind of makes a joke about how he he didn't rub his face in it but he did send him a video of his no hitter which is like infamous at this point in time but he also said that um While Corey's like, well, you showed him. He's like, no, actually, he showed me. He uh, sent me an application to the University of Michigan because he understood that even if I didn't make it to the pros, I need an education, which I think is, again, the underlying story
1: of this. It's like a. That only a professional athlete could teach. (laughs) No, again, I I know what the lesson is that Corey's learning because they've made it so. Blatant and apparent, but they've just done it in such a ridiculously spectacular fashion that i can't take them seriously at this point i can't there's no reason for this guy to be in his living room i can't justify it they can't justify <laughs> it expect more from your television guys i
0: don't know according to alan uh you should just try anyway because a guy can dream so
1: and that's the thing they add sentiment so you don't question it <laughs> <laughs> they're like well Alan got his dream, so maybe Corey will get his. I like what? it. I like your whole, they added sentiment to de- deflect. Yeah, of course. Because it's that all moment where you're just like, oh, well, that's sweet. Like, no, there's still a lot of holes in the story, but let's <laughs> move on, I guess.
0: <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, Corey is playing baseball and um, by himself, I want to add.
1: He's throwing the ball against the wall and it bounces. Play, yeah, playing baseball is... Being a little, like, like, generous. He's throwing a ball on the wall. Exactly. He's
0: he's playing with the baseball. And it goes over into Feeney's yard, which of course makes it to where now Feeney and Corey have this little interaction over the fence as we're starting to do a lot. Um, But I do like it because Feeney says, uh, respect my property line and I'll respect your property. So Feeney is kind of always trying to establish that uh, I'm your neighbor, but, like, dude, still, (laughs) i
1: actually think that i like feeney um sometimes i like feeney better as a neighbor than a teacher i feel like sometimes in the classroom there's this immediate him versus me vibe that when Corey's just kind of hanging out in the backyard you don't always get that um that guard up so quickly
0: that's a very good point um and i'll try to be on the lookout for that because i I think you're right when feeney's in the class he's like a a, a different person than when we see him be neighbor Feeny.
1: Sure, yeah, he just again he just seems like he's like, hey, can I give you some advice, just in the kind way, and I feel like Corey's more receptive to that than. Hey, I have to read this book. Roll my eyes. I don't want to do this.
0: Exactly. Um, but Feeney, I'm oh, sorry, Corey goes to Feeney and he's just like, uh, you know what? Uh, Mr. Feeney, I am going to be a baseball player. Uh, cause a friend of my net, na- <laughs> a friend of my dad's, I don't want to name job, but Jim Abbott, <laughs> dropping names. Exactly. It's just like, he just is continuously dropping this kid's name. And I like it because it's a very Corey
1: thing to do. Um, but yeah and just, it, 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 hey lebron james was in my living room last night like what <laughs> like would you not talk about that for like and a week yeah then? i'm gonna talk about it non-stop forever exactly
0: um but uh cory says that he's going to turn bro pro after college because he wants to make a name for himself which again is the the right
1: thing to do anyway um, i don't think there's another way honestly i don't I don't know of a person going from eleventh grade to professional baseball. <laughs> it just, I, I, like again, like his first way wasn't a way. It's not that he's like, "All right, Feeney, I'll do it your way." It's no, that wasn't even an option.
0: Yeah, it was like a, if you were going to make it at all, you would have had to do this, yeah. and you needed to know that you were going to have to do this. Sure. Um, and again, I think that Feeney kind of rounds it out by being like a. It sounds like this. Uh, Abbott fella had his future well planned out and worked hard to get there and um you've learned this lesson again maybe not in class but you did learn the lesson so i will give you some kind of reward for it and uh then we get like the little joking bit of the balls being thrown back. well
1: Corey says like hey are you gonna change my incomplete to an a and feeney's like no and then he grabs a uh, Box full of all of these sports balls that have come over to his yard, and he spills them into Corey's yard and says, Play ball. And it it has this moment of Feeney saying, in so many non Feeney ways, it's not that I don't support your dreams. I want you to be able to pursue your goals and I want you to play baseball here. Here's all your baseballs back. Go for it. I just want you to think things through and not immediately assume that it's going to be easy or that you're not going to have to work hard for the things that you want.
0: But that's what I thats what I was saying, um, which, let's you know what, let's just jump into uh, a section called Feeney Taught Me. And off of that, um, this is where we do discuss the lessons of the episode and the main takeaway. And I think you hit on the main takeaway earlier. But one of the lessons that I got from this was that, you know, it is both Alan and Feeney are right. It is OK to dream, but you have to, like, plan for it and work hard. One thing even with Jim Abbott, Abbott that they keep pointing out is that hard work comes with it. When he was like, my teacher tried to um, squash my dreams, he's like, I had to work twice as hard.
1: You bring up, I'm sorry. I You just saying this right now just made me realize that Alan is, hey, be a dreamer. Feeney is, hey, be more rational. Them taking those opposite approaches and trying to influence that on the Feeney. In the same way that when you had that no hitter episode of yeah. staying up late, it's Feeney's, uh, you know, no school is more important. Alan, no, you know, qu- you know, fun and and all those things, recreation is just as important. It's just interesting to have the two of them constantly be like, well, I'm a little bit more country. Well, I'm a little bit more rock and roll, and just <laughs> trying to use that to influence Corey's decision. That's just an interesting dynamic. I- never really thought of until you brought it up really so yeah it, i'm sorry those those wheels are just turning in my head
0: no 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 i mean <clears throat> i brought it up for a reason so yeah
1: um but yeah. what would you say what is your main
0: takeaway from this now that we've went
1: through everything the main lesson clearly is black black no trades back then. and that's <laughs> what we need to walk away from <laughs> i think um no, the, the the lesson, again, is that you need to think things through because the past isn't just the past. It's a series of events that leads to other events and you, you need to think things through. Um, do I think that that lesson was clearly articulated? I think it was in like a bunch of vague ways and we kind of assume that this was it i don't know how you feel
0: yeah you know honestly let's go into grades because it is time to grade this one and uh remember at the end of the season we're going to add up all the grades and then give the season a total gpa um, this episode i have to admit i had like a like a b minus but i i'm probably going to downgrade it to b-. like a b
1: yeah yeah i'm gonna do c minus this was for me it wasn't Anything worth like – let's put it this way. If we were making like a greatest hits comp of Boy Meets World, I wouldn't include this on the DVD.
0: Which is crazy because, again, I just remember this – I remember the pre-union vein so well. Um, But you're right, re-watching it, it just doesn't tie together. And this episode definitely could have been done better.
1: They do a much better job with this concept in the college years when we have plays with squirrels. and (laughs) Like That class reunion idea is much more flushed out and much better... more interesting i think than this was well yeah and the lesson is completely different sure, from that sure. too so
0: all right cool so those are our grades um you guys will let us know what you think thank you again for listening this is bra meets world mm-hmm. make sure to follow us on twitter and facebook at bra meets world or email us at bra meets world at gmail.com you can find me on twitter at extra siege that's x-t-r-a-c-e-e-j uh tc
1: braver me instagram Twitter, and Anna Kendrick retweets all day, every day, except for the days I forget.
0: <laughs> Alright, thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode. We will see you next time. Remember to dream, try
1: and do good. I, 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 it, CJ, can you just remind me one more time? I feel like I'm going to forget. It's dream, try and do good. Dream, yep. try and do good. Alright, I'm going to keep <laughs> saying it to myself.
0: Later, bros.
1: Bye. Later, bros. <laughs> Episode better than the first, but yeah, it's hard coming back from the last episode.
0: <laughs> so it's really funny that you even say that because I think this is another one where it's like a pre union for me was like a classic. Like I remembered this one more I didn't remember it in detail, but I did remember the whole um,
1: Corey uh our preunion uh setup. Sure. I mean, I definitely remembered the episode. I guess, I, I don't know. I just, I, to me, it just seemed a little, I, I mean, <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll yeah, 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 we we try to get we you will. back on this Facebook call.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You're fine. Uh, yeah. Um, because are you doing Facebook on your laptop?
1: Oh, I guess. Yeah. You, you Try calling me again from Facebook because okay. for whatever reason it closed off the first time. It says your device is busy, so maybe you have to call me. All right.
0: Got it. All right. You see me?
1: Here we go
0: one second all right uh how you been what's the latest what it do
1: i've had two people this weekend tell me i look like lenny kravitz how do you think i've been <laughs> 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 that's a good thing oh totally yeah <laughs> yeah lenny
0: kravitz good for you
1: I, I mean i don't see it but i'll go with it it's better a, than the Keenan thompson i used to get here's the thing <laughs> i'm gonna tell you that i've learned
0: when you are dark-skinned you look like the closest dark-skinned person they could
1: like any attribute. absolutely you have they're pride. like let me try to match the skin color up it's a, it's a it's a matching game
0: it really is i get so many different things and sometimes i see it sometimes i'm like all right i get that and sometimes i'm like is that the only tall black person you can think of?
1: <laughs> sure. Like, I can kind of see for you, I can see the Will Smith, I can see the LeBron, I can see those two, but, like, for someone just to be like, hey, you look like any old black guy. You look
0: like Aegis like, mm, Elba, and you're like, a, he's like two shades darker than me.
1: Yeah, that's not even the same brown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, How am I sounding to you? Because you sound fine to me.
0: All right, so you you sound like you have like the little phone issues, but it's the phone issue that we always have. You know what I
1: mean? Where it gets like you get a little fuzzy. Yeah, it's the same thing. Okay, because I'm in a room that's a little bigger. I didn't know if I sounded echoey or not.
0: So we won't have time to really get into this because we have a lot to do. But uh, you moved.
1: Yeah, here, 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 here I am. Yeah. So in where a new are you? Place. I am. Living the dream of every millennial of being back with my mother <laughs> while I save money, and um, I the goal is to buy a house. So that's that's the goal for for uh the, my my thirtieth year is to buy a house. You so, got to
0: buy house money?
1: I if I live with my mom and don't kill myself for six months, <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you're already doing better than me, so Mazel. Uh, I mean, uh, Florida house, not
1: yeah, yeah, California I it, house. I it,
0: I uh, also, I uh, was going to say, speaking of Mazel, TK got engaged.
1: TK did get engaged. And she. it seemed like she purposely made a point to say, hey, I know Ashley got engaged this exact same way, but I don't care.
0: Yeah, she did. She did. She did. It, just that. Uh, also, I have to say, a very part of me was like... Uh, um i went to the first wedding so
1: (laughs) yeah and to be honest me and christine were talking about this how we don't we thought takara did not want to get married again they're getting married again because he wants to get
0: married well actually i spoke to takara about this when she came to visit um and the only reason why i didn't have any objection is i spoke to her specifically uh, and she was talking about how he's really traditional and he wants to do all these things and he gets along with her family. And I was like, do you want to get – would you get married again? That's the exact – I asked her that exact question directly. And her words were, yeah, I would do it. So that's why I don't have any qualms about
1: Yeah, her. yeah. No, no, no. I get that she would do it. I just <laughs> also get that that's not the, something that she would – if if he was cool with just, like, kicking it forever, like, I feel like she would be cool with just kicking it.
0: I mean, I don't know. She did, again, she expressed when she was here a lot, a few things where it was like, a, okay. Um, but at the exact same time, one thing that just always, if I tell you I don't want a public engagement... <laughs> And you do a public engagement. Yeah. <laughs> to me, people, like, I think, like, in the beginning, people are like, oh, well, but it was sweet and it was fine. But my whole thing is, I told you I didn't want it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And also, it just it's that thing of, like, you know, people kind of enjoy moments differently. And yeah. if you have eyes on you, sometimes you can't have a genuine moment because you're worried about your perception. So why yeah. do that to someone who's, Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, but here's the thing, it is what it is, c'est la vie, mazel, as we say. Uh, let's get into the episode, and then we can catch up later on this week, because I just have a worried, lot word We're worried, we're worried. All right. Class Pre-Union,
1: right? Pre-Union, yeah. Great, great title.
0: All right, one second, let me get to my notes. Uh
1: Lots of firsts in this episode. Um, I'm assuming...